So I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. We talking about Twitter. Think of how stupid the average person is and then realize half of them are stupider than that. You better be willing to do unique things in order to expect unique results. And, and that's just life. We mock ourselves. It's getting really hard to do unique things in February. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of people talking, not a lot much to say. And and I, I would include us among oh, it. Oh, a thousand percent. Except that we've got all your hot and toxic and whiny and and just bad takes. Bad takes never taken off season. Ugh. They don't even take a week off. Like, they're nonstop. N- not even President's Day or Valentine's, <laughs> Valentine's Day. Day. What is it? Well, I think bad takes, despite there being so many of them, they walk alone. So they don't take time off for Valentine's Day either. One footprints in the sand <laughs> for bad takes. This is... What Jin's talking about, the conversation about the Steelers' social media conversation. I am Kyle Crace. Here with me is Greg Benevent. Hello! And just because you think you have something to say doesn't mean it needs to be said. Um <laughs> And oh gosh, and it's like we're not—we haven't played a game in a month, and I—and people are still finding more ways. More than that, it just hit me now. It's more than that. More yeah. than that. This has been right. the longest postseason in Steelers history, I think. <laughs> and even even though we haven't touched the field in in days and weeks, people are still finding ways to blame the Steelers for for stuff that they're not even involved in. How is this possible? You. Sounds like uh, someone has been raised by my parents. No. <laughs> Let's get to the tweets. Start with some really whiny. I'm not, you know, I'm not even going to say, try not, I'm not going to use the word Super Bowl in this whole podcast because I only watch, I, it's like Steelers weren't in it. I'm not, I watched for the commercials and for halftime. That well, was, uh, I, I didn't watch it at all. So you're ahead of me. Boom. Yeah. That's how Steeler fans do it. <laughs> I was watching old clips. I was watching Steelers clips, uh, getting ready for March Madness of Steelers <laughs> moments. That's a bit, that's a real deep tease for next month, but a lot of whiny people, man, for the biggest night in football, man, people, a lot of Steeler fans not enjoying themselves <whistles> at Blitzburg, Blitzburg. How can Coach Tomlin be sitting at home right now and think averaging 18 points a game is acceptable? Um, look, we know Tomlin wasn't at the Super Bowl. I, I, I spent all weekend searching for him. So maybe he was at home wondering 18 points a game. Is that, do you think, was on his mind while he was watching the big game on Sunday? Uh, I, I don't think Mike Tomlin does think 18 points is acceptable. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs with 18 points. They're going to try and improve from that. He does not think it's acceptable. That's that's why they're trying to build from it. I I mean, it's, it's again, this is just, every time you say averaging 18 points a game, all you're really saying is Matt Canada. It's just you're saying it in a different format. Oh, yeah. Well, there, we'll specifically get to some Canada hate because, okay. uh, you know, that's that takes Canada hate takes no offseason mm-hmm. um i don't even think tomlin 
thinks in this way. I don't think he thinks in, well, we're an 18-point game team. What are we going to do about that? I think he thinks, well, we were a nine-win team. What are we going to do about that? Right. It's. I mean, everything, the one thing we know about Tomlin is he doesn't think in terms of those, like, for lack of a better phrase, broader generalities. He thinks about how to win this next game. That's it. That's for good or for ill. In in the long term, he always thinks the short short term, how do we win next week? All these Steeler fans seem to have been watching and being, and somehow, um, you know, what's uh, what's it called when I uh, put my thoughts onto, I'm projecting my my frustrations onto this game. uh, Like, you know, Steelers weren't in the playoffs, so it's like, how can you... Everyone was like, oh, man, this team wouldn't have lasted against Mahomes. Well, yeah, they didn't make the playoffs, you know? <laughs> neither would the Texans, neither would the, uh, you know, t- Dolphins. Well, you know, half they the did teams. Make, yeah, they did make the playoffs, but yes, it. Uh, but they didn't... Fortunately, the Dolphins didn't have to play the Chiefs. They went out in the much worse than we thought Bills. And yeah. neither did the Bengals. They couldn't beat Mahomes. Why, you know, oh, Steelers could never beat this team. Yeah, no one in the AFC North did, so... Bengals I, wh- were pretty close, though. Close in in uh, you know what trophy gets the the close awards you know <laughs> that's not the Lombardi that's the what is that the Madden or something I don't know but I would like to think that Tomlin's at home thinking how can we beat the Chiefs should that ever hypothetically occur because in a long enough timeline sooner or later you may have to play them well I remember a time when people were saying how are we going to beat Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and now if I look at uh, Lamar Jackson's career stats against Pittsburgh and it doesn't seem like uh, Steelers have that same concern no I mean especially has, when's the last time he played against the Steelers it's been a few years. He's avoiding us. That's right. We'll, uh, I don't want to talk juju trash talk yet. We'll get into that oh, in the God. second half. But yeah, I'll talk trash. He's avoiding us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, move on to at Trib Sports, Tribune Review Sports. What, which scenario do you see more likely for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 2023 season? Winning the Super Bowl or missing the playoffs? Winning the Super Bowl, 17%. Missing the playoffs, 83%. Negative, Steeler Nation. Now, let's be fair. This this is a very, it's an either or of missing the playoffs or winning the Super Bowl. One team wins the Super Bowl. Right, and they did just miss the playoffs. So, I mean, this is this is also, you know, please give us your information right now from the trip. We need, we want <laughs> engagement this moment. It, um, this is, this is bad for lack of a better phrase push pull than you'll ever find so i mean yes they it is more likely to see them missing the playoffs in a year when they just missed the playoffs versus winning the super bowl sure if you if you did the same poll for all 32 teams they all would have to be more likely to miss the playoffs than win the super bowl because your odds are always better if that since more teams do that yeah right exactly this is right this isn't about fandom this is about math and uh, this is a uh we're a pro math podcast (laughs) Are we where we are now? I've trained myself to hate it. Well, okay, maybe not. Maybe not math. Let's go to at Steelers Convo. Steelers Convo. Seventh round picks matter. And it was video of Chiefs' seventh round pick, Isaiah... What's his name? Uh, I don't know. The, the dude was running hard. Yeah. The running back, right? And he yes. was a seventh-round pick. And so people you know, were, were trying to say, oh, Steelers wasted their seventh-round pick on Oladokun. Look, you know, look, these seventh-round picks are important. Just look at the uh, running back who uh, you know contributed this year to the Chiefs. Uh, seems that we forgot about uh, Jalen Warren, our own undrafted rookie who was contributing this year. And certainly and had a better season than this Pacheco guy. I mean, it's the reason 
that I assume I, I had a big I thought that Pacheco I think it's Pacheco was running so hard is that you know if you're going to stop the Chiefs offense there's like eight other guys practically you have to stop before you get down to Pacheco at um and that's between Mahomes and Kelsey and everyone else I could see letting this having the thinking okay if this guy beats us that's fine because you can't put you can't cover stop everybody all right um Let's get some specific Canada hate. I've trained myself. Oh, I hate that too. Sorry, wrong button. Blame Canada. Poor guy. This is supposed to be his off season too, right? Mm-hmm. This is probably his time for a vacation. He's out there, you know, probably out there in uh, I don't know where does he go? Probably Ligonier. Where's he going for vacation? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just assume everyone goes on a cruise ship because uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Mike. Uh, 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 you know, the tight end, the former offense coordinator, used to go on a cruise ship. Oh, Munchak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At uh, no, the other one. No, he was the head coach of the. Or he bounced around and he was with the Bills. And anyway, but he used to go on a cruise and I. Just what I assume they all did because I never heard what anyone else did. Yeah, you can't get uh, Twitter on a cruise, I hope. I don't know. <laughs> At Steel Curtain, Steel Curtain, it's hard to believe the Steelers can watch an offensive mind like Andy Reid and still be content with Matt Canada as their play caller. Oh, wouldn't that be 31 teams wondering? Like, man, we all, there's not 30 teams, uh, 30 Andy Reeds to go around all these teams. No, and as someone that spent four years in Philadelphia in college, I can tell you that uh, Andy Reid was not always seen as the all-time great coach, uh, shoe-in <laughs> Hall of Famer, uh, particularly when he had Donovan. He had some very good teams with Donovan McNabb and those guys that... Uh, T.O. Yeah, that lost in the title game or lost in the Super Bowl. But um, so if there's ever the irony is this kind of proves the example. If there's ever anyone that shows that you can improve your play calling with the caliber of player that you're calling them for, it is Andy Reid. I mean, what would like what a what a like I want to I'll say what a stupid analogy because you couldn't be like, man, uh, how could you watch? Uh, Patrick Mahomes out there and think that you could field a team with Kenny Pickett, you know? Like, you could do that with any, like, oh, I see Aaron Donald out there. How could we dare put Cam Hayward on the field? You know, it's like when you're, if you're, you're, I don't know. You're, it's, it's almost an apple and oranges comparison. Andy Reid is not Matt Canada and vice versa. No, and there's also something in, I can see the idea, think about like hypothetically, how would you beat a team like Mahomes and the Chiefs? And there's two ways to go about it. One of them is what the Eagles almost did, which is, and the Bengals to a lesser extent, which is, you know, go deep, score a lot of points, I'll shoot them when you have to. The other one is to just keep running the ball, keep converting third down, and keep the ball away from Mahomes, which is how you know, for 40, 50 years, the Steelers have tried to beat the best quarterbacks with a pretty fair degree of success from time to time. And we had some long drives this year. If that's the Certainly. if that's the scheme, I'm not, I'm I don't hate it. You know, mm-hmm. we had a 21 play drive uh, mm-hmm. this year. Um, oh, how about I, I put this under Canada, but mm-hmm. it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week at yeah. Blitzburg, Blitzburg. ESPN's Mike Reese on Adrian Clem's departure with the Steelers. Word out of Pittsburgh is that Clem and offensive coordinator Matt Canada weren't an ideal fit, and head coach Mike Tomlin knew it wouldn't carry into 2022, so he greenlit Clem's early departure. So, if anything, it's again another... Um, Tomlin's got Canada's back in the, so yes. you know even though this was a year ago before this all of this season's troubles the fact that if there was a conflict between Clem and Canada and Tomlin says we'll stick with Canada all the more reason we're sticking with him in 2023 absolutely yes it is a true uh 
you know, vote of confidence in Canada. And Reese, for people that don't know, is, you know, the big Patriots reporter for uh, ESPN. So, I mean, he's very well connected to the Patriots and Clem. So, I mean, I, I see that and I assume that's whatever the word is out of Clem's camp as much as anyone else, just because Reese is so connected to the, uh, the Patriots. But I'm also sure there's a reciprocity there and that Reese's information is legitimate. Yeah, word out of Pittsburgh. Like, who's talking to him? You know, and, and what would the conflict be? You know, Clem, as the O-line coach, would have been coordinating the run game, Canada coordinating the pass game. You know, um, if anything, uh, we've seen, I guess we've seen more Canada run type of play. We've seen with the jet sweeps and the motion. Does that seem more of a Canada trait? I don't understand exactly what, you know, what the what the conflict might have been between Clem and Canada. Well, I mean, it could just be, and just, you know, without wanting to speculate too much about this, because literally all we can do is speculate is this, we're, this is, when we mention Clem, we're talking about most of last year. So you already have a lot of, if not combustible personalities, then very differing philosophies between Canada and Roethlisberger. And Roethlisberger, for right, right, rightfully, is the one that in a very real way had the last say. So I could see that being a little more challenging uh, 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 situation for everyone involved versus uh, somewhere else. Right. What chaos it must have been. You, right. It's like Ben is really the emperor in the yes. room, you know, mm-hmm. and he wants to just gunsling it. Right. And here's Adrian Clem, who has to work with two rookies, Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr. The guy that just showed up to <laughs> the guy that they let go after the season. Yeah. yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and then you have Canada, who's like been in the league for you know less than some fans have been alive right. and uh yeah just what chaos that- and it's every now and then it's like well what if we do a jet sweep we have to go in motion <laughs> yeah if we if this guy goes in motion then you know then this guy will be open right and it's like prove it and ben's like what <laughs> can't we just sling it yeah. i just want to throw it right for- so yeah that's this where's the 30 for 30 on the uh the 2021 steelers offense i think that that needs we need to we need the true true Hollywood story. Or even just call it like one night in Minneapolis and just have it go through, you know, that that entire Vikings game. And, uh... Let's go to Oh, okay, because this was this was uh part of the conversation at Miked Up Sports One, oh, Mike Nicastro. The Steelers should walk back their stance on Matt Canada and replace him with Eric Bienemy. It's been reported Bienemy wants to run his own offense. Here's his chance to have a hundred percent control. So let's, you know. Uh, we're the we're we're doing things the Rooney way, but no, no. Let's tell Canada. Sorry, I know we know you. you we said you could renew your lease, but we've changed our mind. You're out. We're gonna hire Eric Bieniemy. Does he want to come to Pittsburgh? Why would he want to? He just won. Uh, he just won a trophy in Kansas City with Andy Reid and Mahomes. Why right. uh, now? He wants to come and uh, roll with. Uh, you know, Dotson and more. Exactly. And, and have to figure this all out uh, somewhere else where, again, there is no hotter name for head coaching right now than Eric Bieniemy, And it does seem, unfortunately, that prejudice has kept him from being a head coach. Uh, I mean, it's it's I also like I mean, I I'm an optimist. I could be wrong, but I'd like to think, boy, he's also on some level waiting for the best situation, which might, means i.e. not the Colts or Cardinals, because those seem like absolute <laughs> disasters. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's this is I mean, his name's never going to be hotter. And it's not like say next year the Chiefs don't have a great year. I think unless something bad happens to Mahomes, they're going to make the playoffs. But say they go out in the divisional round or even the first round. It's not like that's going to be a real blemish on the when, you know, as we talk 
talked about last week at Flores, there everyone seems to think next year there's going to be a lot more open jobs, and uh, I imagine that'll be the case because you know if nothing, I, I well I don't like to speculate. I I am willing to believe there's going to be a lot of bad teams that will continue to be bad next year and will <laughs> fire their coaches and could hire either one of those eminently qualified men, Brian Flores or Eric Bieniemy. But you know, but are Steelers ever going to change their ways and just you know? flush everything out the door to bring in the hot name uh I, I wouldn't mind again and i've said this i wouldn't mind as some kind of concession to a newer era and a slight one and like you know the offensive assistant version of the void year is to find someone that's at least a moderately hot name or someone that's uh, uh just someone else to have come in and be like whatever this offensive assistant is just that all these other places do they have this other person who is in there can contribute a little bit you know just as they did for flores where i mean it's not every year that they have you know the super inside linebacker coach or whatever position they it was inside linebacker coach slash some other name slash some other thing for them i wouldn't mind seeing one of those for the offense but uh you know i like to think they know what they're doing okay all right how about that doesn't mean it's gonna be eric Bieniemy. my god that guy should be a head coach somewhere i mean right. why can't we just uh get like an ai uh artificial intelligence of you know lombardi or something you know with the way technology is going bill like... walsh 1986 like yeah right why can't we true uh not true science what was the movie uh, weird science weird science where we you know we get the the brains of lombardi with the tenacity of a schottenheimer and the hat of a landry and you know those three guys it would say it would tell you to pass every four games like that would be oh <laughs> uh, anything else okay well let's we forgot the goat at the pony express andrew filipponi NFL teams are hiring offensive gurus like crazy. Is that, is that true? Uh, Steelers are sticking with Matt Canada. Did they watch the Super Bowl? Defense wins championships not anymore. Uh, we didn't see necessarily a defensive uh, performance. Uh, defense can still the whole the definition of defense is that it stops offense. You know. Well, I think the other part. I think whenever someone. I take defense wins championships to mean that your defense does all the work because, man, uh, I bet you the Eagles wish they'd had just a little more defense uh, in this game. I mean, it's and also it's for as much as it's easy to say defense doesn't win championships. The Chiefs defense did a fantastic job. I mean, particularly in the game against the Bengals. And uh, they did a very good job against the Eagles in that, and they didn't let the Eagles run away with it. I mean, the the great Roy, what's the running back? That Miles Sanders, he didn't have a good game at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they stopped him pretty well. And that's, you know, and that, I mean, the, the whole story going, the reason I thought the Eagles were going to win the game is because I thought, like everyone else, boy, their offensive line and defensive line are going to control it. They didn't. The Chiefs' defensive line was way better. The offensive line was way better. Uh, uh, how many times was Hargrave on the ground? I mean, that could be the turf. But, man, they that's where the Chiefs won the game. So, yeah, you uh, you don't need to have your defense be dominant. You need to have them be dominant enough. I mean, not to keep going on about this, I always remember the great quote from the greatest hockey coach of all time, Scotty Bowman, and it applies here. He says, you don't need shutouts to win. You need shutout periods. <laughs> you don't need, you know, uh, uh, to shut out a team to win. You could shut them out for a quarter if you could stop them four drives in a row from getting a touchdown that's the kind of defense that wins championships now not winning 19 to 9 and that's a that describes to me a Steelers defense uh, you know there were right. times where sure there were times we gave up uh some yardage and some mm -hmm. big plays but there are also times where we shut them down for halves and for yes. quarters and, and that's the kind of defense that can win a championship you shut that someone down for a half now you're always going to have a chance to win love it 
Steal a football is 60 minutes. 60 minutes. It's never going to be pretty. Never. Throw style points out the window. Out the window. But these guys are fight to the end. Um, let's go to the pause. There is a positive side, and, it ha- okay. and it's about the defense. Mm-hmm. At Steeler Nation, Steeler Nation, the Steelers' defense is very close to being elite in one special category. Uh, they compared the 2022 Steelers to the 2008 defense, like one of the best all time. And what they mm-hmm. found is that uh, in 08, Steelers had 82 splash plays, you know, like sacks and interceptions, whatnot. And, and just this past year, we're not too far behind. 68, you know, wow. only about uh, only about one play a game behind mm-hmm. one of our all-time great defenses. Right, and that's that's the kind of thing that can translate, you know. I mean, and I think that's also something that goes beyond like, ah, you know, they didn't play the best teams down the stretch. I'm like, ah, every team's not going to have is going to have an offensive lineman that's not great. Uh, every team is you're going to have a chance to hit their great quarterback. At um, so yeah, that's absolutely something you can build on. And sacks, I think we're down even because yes. of the, the TJ TJ's out. So, uh, you know, if we, you know, it's hard to say. Oh, if we keep those interceptions, right? Because that's you can't. Yeah, I mean, it's like lightning. Yeah, pinball. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. You know, to say that we are knocking on the door of the 08 defense, woo! Wouldn't that be special? Mm-hmm. Although I thought that I kind of thought the undefeated. Well, when we started 12 and 0, I thought that was going to be uh, in the same conversation as 08. And as you know. Uh, that's why they play all the games, right? All the that's why they play all seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, let's quickly dip into con, con season. Um, is, I don't is this qualify for con? I'm putting it in because it's know. a uh, it's a personnel. <laughs> it's not worth talking about, certainly. At B Pryor, Brooke Pryor, Steelers announce assistant head coach John Mitchell's the team longest tenured coach is retiring. Mitchell spent twenty nine years with the organization. Wow. Um, not, you know, people forget about, you know, when we were talking about defense, people were talking about Terrell Austin and Brian Flores and Mike Tomlin. People forget that John Mitchell has been, you know, and I guess later years more quietly behind the scenes, but he's been there at camp every year uh, on the on the pads with the drills. And, and look at the defensive lines and the defensive players he's coached. I mean, it's many of them throughout their entire careers. I mean, this is a real career of distinction that, uh, that this man had. Uh, uh, just incredible. And the Lee, I and I would just love, I, I hope, I was kind of hoping when the pivot did the Tomlin that they would have got Mitchell uh, when they were still in town because I, I want to hear the life story of John Mitchell, you know, because mm-hmm. his character is exactly Exactly what you know. We, when you talk about the Rooney way, he he, he defines. It. I think that's why they brought him when he when he they let go of him from Cleveland, and so yeah. he, they brought him you know during the cat the Cower years. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know he was he was invited by Brer Bryant to Alabama when it was not mm-hmm. uh, integrated. Basically you know, a guy that's seen a lot of things. So just the wisdom that he has for these guys, you know. Mm-hmm. In addition to, but that, but you know, as a if he was a more of a figurehead of an assistant head coach, do they bring in, uh, you know, a, a similar kind of person or similar role? He was a, he was technically what a D line and a uh, assistant head coach, right? And it's and uh, well, I I'd like to think that as with any other coaching, they would take their time and go find the most qualified person, whether or not it's someone that they know or have a relationship with. I also imagine, I mean, it's. it's this might be the kind of thing that either they have someone in mind or Mitchell himself is like, hey, look at this guy. I mean, it's, you know, that's why they interviewed Chan Gailey when uh, Cower uh, uh, retired, because that's who Cower recommended. At, um, oh, really? That was yeah, just... that's why that's why Gailey got the interview. At, um, a, a, from O coordinator to head coach? Would that I, have I been think that? he might have been. Was he offense coordinator at Dallas at that point? Oh, he was, was out he, of okay. Pittsburgh oh, okay. by the time Cower uh, uh, recommended him. But that was Cower's one recommendation, so 
something. And certainly 29 years. I imagine there's probably a lot of names out there for this that they could find. Because, I mean, look, you know, it's easy to criticize it. But, man, what a great job they did finding that offensive line coach last year, that Pat Mayer. What a job that guy did. So whatever process led to getting him is the one that can lead to getting the replacement for John Mitchell. Hey, if it's it's like a figurehead type of position, you know, you got Joe Green out there maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We still got Carl Dunbar for the D-line, right? Right, right, right. I, I have no idea how it works. It uh, and that's sort of and this is but this also gets back to why I wouldn't mind them finding someone like this for the offense. Someone that you know, offensive assistant, passing game, commandante, first lieutenant. You know, now that we're just making up these names. At time. Yeah, well, maybe this XFL goes down and we can get a first lieutenant Ward or Woodson or. Uh, uh, all right, we got to uh, let's 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 take a break. Let's get to okay. the second half because okay. uh, well, I don't want that. Let's get the instrumental version, please. Coming up in the second half, uh, oh, I've, the insider story of the oh, week. Oh God! Uh, you know, more reason not to trust your local insiders or your national insiders for that matter. Plus, I know he's not a Steeler anymore, but he was one of my favorite Steelers. I got to dip into this Juju oh. uh, tweets because. The haters come out, and uh, I, I don't know. It says something about you when you hate. It says something, you know, you are the person that you tweet as. I say that often, and I um, I believe the Juju tweets have brought that out in full force. Okay, we'll see you in the second half. It's the second half of what Jin's talking about. If you uh, if you just watch the Super Bowl for the commercials, like pretty much like I do, then you might enjoy uh, my article coming out. Mm. I believe it's tomorrow on okay. behindthesteelcurtain.com mm. on the funniest Steelers commercials oh, of all. I don't, is it of all time? Look, I, did, I didn't go watch every minute of television. <laughs> But I think I found at least the five. I, I, you know, I'll give you the top five. If you mm-hmm. if you can beat it, then tweet me about it. Um, <laughs> believe me, I'll watch any commercial. <laughs> Let's get to some more tweets. We've it's it's you know there are no insiders. I've said before. Mm-hmm. At least they don't act like it. And once again, here's more proof. <whistles> Let's start with at NFL Dove Kleeman. Dov Kleiman. Okay. Uh, Deontay Johnson claims the report by CBS Sports about an incident involving him and Mitch Trubisky isn't true. I removed the tweet sharing the story that the network aired. So the original quote came from uh, Content King's Boomer and Geo, Boomer Esiason. Is it Giovanni Bernard, the old uh, Bengals fan? No, no. Oh. This is like Leonardo oh. the dork. I, I, I don't see. know. Okay. It's not some... I see. Okay. It's I know, not some, dor- some, some dorky, talky head, you gotcha. know, just like all of them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was... It turns out that he was just playing telephone with Andrew Filipponi, oh, who was just repeating that story we heard back after the Jets game mm-hmm. that, you know, Mitch and DJ had a dust up at halftime. And remember, Tomlin was like, well, if it didn't happen, it should have happened. But somehow it, that, that turned into a full on fist fight. <laughs> And you had both denials from, you got at juice up underscore three, Deontay Johnson, cap, cap. Okay. And then even M Trubisky 10, Mitchell Trubisky comes out of Twitter hibernation mm-hmm. to say zero tw- truth to this. What I mean, 
is it just it's just insiders being insidery and playing telephone with each other until it explodes into like I don't know it just is like it, it becomes a tall tale this is like the Paul Bunyan uh, I it, it this is so weird I mean it's <laughs> we're so many months removed from this it's it's not like uh, 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 there was some like continual war of words between these players or on this team. It, I, I remember being so surprised by this. I'm like, why is this coming out now if this happened? And I, of course, I didn't think it happened because not like I personally spend a lot of time with Deontay Johnson or Mitch Trubisky. But if you spend even any kind of time watching these guys talk or anything, these are not uh, I'm a throw hands kind of guys <laughs> in the middle of the job, particularly Mitch. Yeah, you know. To, and to think if this if there was any truth to this that they actually swung and had some kind of fist fight and then for Tomlin to come out after the fact and be right. like well if it didn't happen it should have happened and it's like like oh, so just just obvious BS across the board yes um, is it just are we just in the the desert of football content and we're just talking for talk's sake or is there some kind of you know we're looking for reasons to pick on Deontay again. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, or did this start with some kind of person just, uh, I, I mean, I, I can't, really figure this one out i thought the closest i so when i'm confused by something and don't understand that i fall back on like you kind of mentioned the game of telephone somebody you know maybe there maybe there were raised voices i could believe that and then raised voices after a few months became you know there was shoving and there was contact and then that becomes oh man one dude swung on the other guy you wouldn't believe after christmas and then uh here we are with this but that but look at how far i had to stretch to come up with any kind of like explanation for this you know if there was a fist fight you would think that that might be consequences for that especially especially if it involved your captain especially in the middle of a game yeah i mean this is this this is you know ocho cinco kind of stuff like and even then i don't think he ever swung on anybody in that Bengals locker i mean it's it to swing on a guy in the middle of a game in a locker room i mean that's i don't think it happened on that old playmaker show like that wasn't in <laughs> the last boy scout no, I mean, do you no. like that's so <laughs> crazy it yeah. Again, can't trust these inside. Even Boomer, uh, if you if you go back and listen to the clip, Boomer himself was kind of like, did that really happen? And the guy was like, yeah, I heard it straight from the source who was uh, the Andrew Filipponi, the so-called fan. So... Uh, yeah, it's like oh, I heard it from Mark Madden that uh, you know Juju's a piece of crap. Okay, let's let's get to Juju because all the rage. Oh my goodness, so much rage. Why? Because of Juju's tweet. At Team Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody, with a picture of the Valentine that said, I'll hold you, I'll hold you when it matters most, with a picture of the the eagle who, mm-hmm. who held, and all hell broke loose. People thought this was such poor sportsmanship. I thought this was the funniest thing you could say without being super mean about it. I, you know, this was a this was the 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 joke you could tell everyone. If Jay Leno would have said this on uh, on Monday night on NBC the following night, it would have been the best joke of his monologue. It would have been, but Jay Leno didn't win the Lombardi Trophy. I mean, it. it I thought it was needlessly cruel. You thought it was needlessly cruel. I did. It's. It, I mean, you won. You won. It, I would have understood it if this cornerback had stood up and said, no, it wasn't. I didn't hold him. It was a legal play. I, I, I didn't do it. But the guy stood up in the locker room and said, yes, I held him, and it should have been called. I mean, I, I didn't see the point of Juju tweeting this. Because it's just funny. It was just, you know, it just happened to be uh, super... 
personal to him, but if I would have tweeted that out, it would have yeah. been the funniest thing it I could have put out if there. If you had tweeted out, it would have been hilarious. If I had tweeted out, it would have been hilarious. If anyone other than Juju tweeted out, it would have been hilarious. I did think it was poor sportsmanship, and I kind of, I definitely understood the Eagles that went after him for it. Um, you know, but, you know, they, it's not like they weren't talking. You know, it's like we can, we allow, uh, we allow squawk talk before the game in the run-up to the game, and it's like, oh, you created bulletin board material. Shame on you. Well, after the game, when it's fact, we beat you. Uh, that seems to be the most appropriate for the trash talk. Okay, but you, why? You won. Why yeah. do you have to do? I guess I just just because don't it's super fun. Just because it was it was so funny. That's why it was. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it's a, it's not. Be, I don't think it's being mean. I think it's just now part of the zeitgeist that moment that play. Um, and it's, you know, it's going to transcend, it's going to transcend the, that Eagle. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just, I, it very much feels like kicking someone when they're down. I mean, you won. Why do you need, I guess I don't understand the emotional need to have to do this. It is certainly a funny joke. If it come from anyone else, it's very clever. It's a good gag. It, um, but man, I, I don't see how this guy deserved it. But I mean, I guess what you're saying, Juju wasn't thinking about anything it's not, but it, Juju. It's not personal to him. It's just hap- that happened. You know, it's just, sh- yeah, sure. That guy's going to feel bad. I'm the guy who held. He's the Brenston Buckner of uh, Super Bowl 47 or whatever, 57. Right. And it's, I, I mean, I again, I could see why. I certainly understand the the people that come after Juju for this because it seemed so pointless. But I mean, it is a funny joke. Boom! I get that he gets he gets the points for that for me. Boom, funny joke. Um, okay, wait. Is the band trying to take the field? Juju was funny. It's just a tweet. Take a break. You don't need to take it personally. But if one of those guys like gets you know unnecessary roughness and hits him or something, I could certainly understand. Like the next time they see the Eagles. It- Oh, so you're saying if he gets burfitted by the Eagles? I, uh, I, I, I could see. I mean, I, I could see something like that happening. I, I would think the next time they play that team, it would, this will come up again. It, I can see why people reacted so negatively. Has there been a, has another player ever done something like this? Well, it's just, you know, in the Twitter age, have we had a situation? Um, well, you know, you see Jordan faces on players all the time after losing. You know, it's not Certainly. not the. I'm not saying the the rival did it, but right. I think I think that might be what people are responding to. It. Uh, I mean, it's not like Mahomes went out and <laughs> shared that. No, but he could have. It would have still been just as funny. I think it was. Um, I. It's just. I don't know. It's part of the zeitgeist. It's not. You know, that guy shouldn't have taken it personally. Of course, how could he not have? But. Well, no, the entire team took it personally. I mean, that's why, what were some of those comments about how AB carried you and all that? I mean, there were some of the responses. Oh, yeah. No, there was TikTok boy. There was, yeah. Sure. You go, everyone, you know, goes low. You want to go for the low blow to make him hurt. Wait, wait, wait. Well, how's, but Juju didn't do, how's that not a low blow? Because it is, like I said, it's bigger than, it's not person, it's not saying like this guy sucked or something. He's saying like. It's a picture of a guy's face. Yeah, it's a picture of Shay saying, I'll hold you in the most important moment. Right. It's a Valentine's Day joke yes. about something that just, you know, just happened. If right. it was, you know, if it was, it could have been, um, you know, it could have been the last, it could have been a picture of what's his, Pedro Pascal from The Last of Us. And it says. Oh, oh this, yeah, no, I get that. Oh, no, it's a good meme format. It really is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, let's, yeah. uh, some odds and ends. Let's, Indeed. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's start with. 
at S City Nation 412 Steel City Nation. There are now 10 pit players and 13 Whippeal players in the NFL Hall of Fame. That's wild. Uh, I, I, uh, okay, so now that Revis is in, I tried to find uh, who are the 13 Whippeal Hall of Famers, and I, I can only come up with 12. Joe Namath, okay. Joe Montana, Marino, uh, the three Alec Whippins, Didka, Ty Law, Revis, mm. Curtis Martin, Jim Kelly, uh, Randy White from Dallas. He mm. was the co-MVP uh, when mm. Dallas won the Super Bowl. Dorsett. Uh, does does Ham, Johnstown, does that count as Whippeal? I, I mean, I was, does Jim Thorpe, was there even a Whippeal then? How far east is that? I mean, it's Gronkowski, remember, got his diploma from Woodland Hills. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet. He will no. be. It, um yeah, I well, think you did a great job just getting these names. I am stumped. I've you, been looking at your sheet here trying to think who this 13th person is. Um, uh, I got to do more research. Maybe Stat Geek. Maybe it's something for Stat Geek. I don't um, know. Uh, what's, but Whippeal is just, I mean, Whippeal, like, and those are just the Hall of Famers. And yeah, like you said, other names, Whippeal names like uh, Gronk, uh, Charlie Batch. What Gretic- about Russ Grimm? Where did he, or where, is he from the area or did he just play at Pitt? I know nothing about the man's past. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll put but that I, on But the- I, that's speculation. I'm probably wrong. Whippeal, you know, we talk about like Friday Night Lights, like, you know, North Dallas, <laughs> local football. But Whippeal is just as much of right. a... Right, it's just... And even then, it's when we talk about, you know, you're talking about Friday Night Lights. Remember, that was all centered on one team, Odessa Permian. You talk about Massillon, Ohio, that's one team. These guys didn't all play for one team. This is a whole bunch of different schools. Yeah. I mean, Whippeal probably... There's probably, what, 50 schools? Who knows? Oh, is it more, more than that? we know, yeah. All right, Tom. Uh, but a lot of uh, a lot of talent coming out of the Pittsburgh Certainly. area, mm-hmm. including Dick Grote, who was my my nickname was Grote in junior high <laughs> uh, after Dick Grote. Um, let's move on to mm-hmm. at Fanduel Fanduel Super Bowl fifty five six seven eight fifty eight future odds Pittsburgh plus five thousand. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm putting my money on. That. I was thinking that same thing. It is not about what's the team most likely to win. It's the one most likely to get you to bet. And without giving Pittsburgh the longest odds in the AFC North, boy, there's a lot of folks looking at the country thinking like, "Hey, Kenny looked pretty good down the stretch. That defense made some plays. I could see chipping in a few bucks. Sure, right? And, why uh, not? Right, twenty bucks now to make a nice little thousand uh, dollar payday or something. Mm-hmm. That'd be mm-hmm. nice. Yes, and then you could, then, and then you could have the proof that yeah, I believe back then. Right. Exactly. Oh yeah. No. 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 You're showing that forever at um um well i guess just quickly we'll go to at my sports update ari mirov top metered local markets for the super bowl number one kansas city duh number two philadelphia duh number three cincinnati okay number four detroit number five pittsburgh football hey we just talked about it with the whippeal it's a football town everything makes sense to me but number four was there a local guy that i don't Hertz went to Alabama and then uh, Oklahoma or something. It, uh, it's certainly not Mahomes. I don't know. I mean, that just seems – it almost seems like – remember the one time we looked at the map and we were like, oh, why is Louisiana showing the Bengals games? Right, because of Burrow and Chase. Like, I almost wonder, is there some reason for that for Detroit? But I can't figure it out. Could it just be like you know, like how during the Dynasty Steelers, how Steeler Nation expanded further into Youngstown mm. and into Cleveland? Could it be the Kansas City fandom is now spreading? Boy, that makes a lot of sense. Particularly a fandom that might be – you know, I mean, the Lions came on strong with grit, of course. Yes, but, lots of grit. But also might be still – 
depressed and thinking, hey, I could have some fan reciprocity here and root for an AFC team as well. That makes sense. So there's uh, there's hope for football. Hey, let's uh, let's put those XFL games on uh, oh. in the Pittsburgh market. Then we're okay. football town, I guess. I don't know. Speaking of XFL, mm-hmm. at PGH Steelers now, Steelers now, Martavius Bryant and twelve other former Steelers make the XFL rosters. Uh, here are the I don't have all twenty, but here are the highlights. <laughs> so we got. Martavius Bryant in Vegas, along with Coach Woodson, oh. Ray Sherman, and Darren Perry. Darren Perry, oh, that's great. That's I, you know that that's got to be the Steelers fan rooter, I would think. Right. There, it, it, Vegas. Well, I forget what they're called. I, I saw it the other day, and I was just in Vegas. It, it was uh, like the Vegas hitman. No, is that something? No, else? it's something. It, no one ever goes for like the outlaws. I know that was that came up second runner up for the Golden Knights, like the easy names. You know, like there always has to be something goofy in Vegas, like. Uh, well, we got Eli Rogers on the Orlando Guardians. Okay. Uh, Sean Davis, former second round pick nice. on the Houston Roughnecks. He'd play a good game that game. They beat the Chiefs and yeah, uh, right, he did. yeah. He's got to be the pedigree. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. except for maybe his age. Maybe he's a little bit older, yeah, close, closer to point. thirty. Yeah. Right. And, um, um, over in Seattle, the Seattle Sea Dragons. We have Antoine Brooks and Tuzar Skipper. Oh. Not to mention coaches Jim Haslett and Ron Zook. Wow. Uh, the Arlington Renegades. We've got Shakur Brown and Whiteout Tyler Vaughns. Tyler Vaughn. He was the hero of the preseason, right? Kenny went to him in big moments. Wasn't he the guy? Yeah, that's right. right he down. was the. Yeah, he was the. The walk off against the Seahawks. Austin uh, the third that be, that got on the field. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, in San Antonio, we've uh-huh. got Delonte Scott, uh, uh-huh. along with coaches Heinz Ward and Joey Porter. What What is a Brahma? It's like a Brahma Bull. I think that the Rock Brahma Bull. Oh, okay. I guess I just. I mean, I've always known it through context clues, but there's like the San Antonio Brahma. So I guess that's just like another way of saying the Bulls, right? Is I think that, so. Okay. Yeah. And then in uh, and then not a, not a player, but over in Seattle, Battle Hawks, we've got Coach Bruce Gronkowski. Hmm. He's, I've seen some of his videos. He gives nice analysis. Gronkowski in the past. Uh, no, speaking of whippy old legends. <laughs> um, I yeah I'm gonna try to watch I'm gonna try to watch Vegas. Okay, I, I mean that seems you know it, again it, I, I'm sure someone has a plan for this kind of stuff and I know that the travel's the most important but it's like okay here's our new league that has no teams in Los Angeles or New York or Philadelphia or you know again yeah. I'm sure they have their reasons it's just I I totally get where they have it until we got to Seattle Sea Dragons and Orlando Guardians I was like. Argh. At, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's it's someday someone's going to crack the code on this. The spring football league. Yeah, well, it's, it'll probably be a lot like the USFL of the eighties when they if they can get some star to go there instead of the league. You know, like what was it like when they got Steve Young and Warren Moon to to right? Go the, I think it's or even I, I would I think that could work. I would also piggyback on another way that might work is when you find a way to make this an actual de facto minor league. Like, if you can find a way to make this the NFL AAA, the AHL of football, then I bet you could find a way to make it work. But that's, you know, something like one of these two things seems plausible. Right, but I'd like to catch a minute of it. Yeah, why not? We'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. I don't know. I liked. I I liked the original. The you know back in the, the Tommy Maddox XFL. I thought that was a decent product. Although now that you know those guys would all be concussed. But <laughs> yeah. How about? Well, let's give the final word to. At Star Pittsburgh, 100.7 The Star. Top 10 voted by our judges. Best pizza in Pittsburgh. Number 10, Picasso. Number 9, Capizudos. Number 8 and 7, a tie. Uh, Napoli, Squ- uh, Squirrel Hill, and TNT Dynamite Pizza. Number 6, Mamalina's. 
Number five, Nobby's. Number four, Italian Village Pizza, Fox Chapel. Number three, uh, Hunter's Restaurant. Number two, Berg Pizzas and Wings. Number one, Minio's. None of my favorites made the list. I mean, I, honestly, you know, I mean, it's been a minute since I lived in Pittsburgh and also a minute since I ate pizza. But Minio's was the one I'd heard of, the one that I remembered eating. I probably had some of these other ones. I'm, uh, is it what I was struck by is isn't napoli's aren't there like multiples of those and i wondered why the one in squirrel hill perhaps uh, uh was better than the one you might find elsewhere but there's probably a reason for it i don't know oh yeah you know if you if uh if you know it's on the north side sure it's better than the south side line i don't know my favorites uh you know not that anyone asked but i'll go down to Highway Pizza in Hopwood, Pennsylvania. Mm. It's a different. It's a different crust. People say, "Oh, it's cafeteria pizza." No, there's something. It's I like. I like. I like cafeteria pizza. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, and then Mount Lebanon. I got to give a shout out to Anthony Badamo's. Uh, there's two locations, but I think Mount Lebanon is the OG location. Great. Um, and I think that that's. Uh, I think that's all we've been talking about today. That's what we've been talking about. Thank you, Coach. Um. Uh, like I said, no no mocks until March. Oh, and we are sticking to that, boy. Right, it's use, useless content, and we don't. I'm not trying to waste your time. I'm only giving you fresh content, <laughs> fresher, fresher than Hunter's Restaurant. <laughs> if you want to keep the conversation going, uh, we're on Twitter. I'm at Kyle Christ. Greg, are you somewhere out there? Yes, uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Greg Benavent. B is boy E N E V is in Victor E N T. I told I gave you our deep tease earlier in the show, but you know, coming up in March, I'm working on the March Madness of Steelers moments. He's doing an amazing job, folks. It's going to be something. And you'll, your votes will uh, will play a part in that. So that's a deep tease for March. While the rest of you can, you know, oh, I got a mock draft. Yeah, well, I got something even more important than a mock Mock-ier. draft. Mockier. Even it's a mock brackets. <laughs> mock Madness. <laughs> All right. Until next week, uh, make sure you listen to Coach be the best selves. That's going to be required. Stay in school.